to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, are you ready tonight? Take your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 1. Father, I thank you again for your word tonight, through your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you healed us 2,000 years ago. We are taking advantage of everything that you did on the cross, and we're giving you the praise and glory for everything in our life. And we do it in Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. All right, Mark chapter 1 tonight. One of the doctrines of the church for many, many years is that God heals some, doesn't heal other. God heals whoever he feels like healing, whoever he doesn't feel like healing, he doesn't. It's really up to God whether he heals or not. It really has no, no difference whether what you think or what you do. But we're going to show you tonight that healing was provided for everybody, every single person. Even if you're not born again, healing was already provided basically on the cross because Jesus died. How many you know for everybody, not just for people who are born again? All right, Mark chapter 1, look at verse 40. It says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If you will, you can make me clean. Jesus was moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and said unto him, I will, be thou clean. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and said, See that you say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show yourself to the priest, and offered for a cleansing of those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Here we see a leper. I mean, a leprosy at that time was a biggie. This guy had leprosy. He came down. He said, I know you can, basically, but I don't know if you will. Now, a lot of people in the church think the same thing. And even, I mean, even if you're an unbeliever, and, and you don't even have a relationship with God, you know that God can. I mean, if he's God, he can. So this guy knew that. The only thing he wanted to know was, will he do it? So this is like most of the church. I know God can, but I don't know if he will or wants to heal me. So Jesus spoke for God, in line with God, and he said, I will be clean or be made whole. Hallelujah. So when he said that, what was he doing? He was speaking for God, the Father. He was speaking for God himself, and he was saying at this time, I will. And when he said, I will, to this leper, he actually said, I will, to all of mankind, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So he didn't say, I will, to this leper, and I won't to you, basically, because he said, will, to everyone. So that settles it forever when he said this. Basically, he said, I will. If his will is to heal one, then his will must be to heal all. He's not the Lord who heals only the lepers. He's not the Lord who heals other people only. He is the Lord that heals thee, and thee is ye. Say, thee is me. So healing is for every single person, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God's will is God's nature is healing for people to be made whole all the time. Now, does this change if someone doesn't get healed? But it does in people's minds, doesn't it? Well, we knew Pastor so-and-so, and he even preached healing and everything else, but yet he died. There's been churches in this area that were pastored by powerful men of God who ended up getting sick and ended up dying, and most of the church fell apart because they had their faith in him rather than in God. 
How many know that doesn't change healing, basically, just because someone dies? It just means they didn't make the connection or it just didn't work out or whatever. But healing is for each and every person that there is. Now, notice he tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. If you read Leviticus, which most of us do every day, I'm sure, <laughs> basically in there they went to the priest where they could be put back into society and declared to be totally healed. That's why they went to the priest back then. So since they were healed, basically, that's why he told them to do that. So healing is God's will. Say healing Healing. is God's will for everybody. everybody. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 8. A good way that you can study this kind of stuff is when you get hit with a symptom, start writing down all the stupid thoughts that you get when it hits. And then go to the Bible and disprove those stupid thoughts that you get and learn how not to do that again the second time when it comes around. You know, you oh, I don't feel very good. I don't know what's the matter. God, I don't know why you won't heal me today. Well, geez, oh, I already made a mistake. I'm asking God to heal me, and he healed me 2,000 years ago. And, you know, you catch your own stupid thoughts, and then you can counteract them with something else. Because it's easy to say that I know God wants to heal everybody, but when the symptom comes, we'll see what you think then, and we'll see what you talk then, because that's when the, the rubber really hits the road. All right, Matthew chapter 8. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I might come and heal him. I could come and heal him. Maybe I should come and heal him. No, he said, I will come and what? Heal him. Now, how many know that's pretty direct? I mean... For us to say that, how would you like somebody to say, hey, my, my brother's here and he's sick, and not too many people who are kingdom people would even say, I will come and heal him. They may say, I'll come pray for him, you know, we'll come lay hands on him, but to say, I will come heal him, how many of you know that? That's a pretty positive statement. In other words, you've got to know and be ready to back that up if you're going to shoot that out there. So Jesus knew what was going on, but once again, he said, I will, say, I will. How many know that was his will? He willed to heal this person. So it doesn't matter who lives, who dies, anything else. Basically, Jesus wants everyone basically healed, and he has provided for it on the cross. All right, go to Romans chapter 2. And once again, this spills over into the God is in control of every situation. Because if God's in control of every situation and one gets healed and one don't, then basically God healed one and didn't heal another one. But you've got to understand that he's not in control of everything. We are responsible for what goes on down here because he's given us authority to do it down here. Right, Romans chapter 2. Let's just start in verse 8. It says, But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Why is this? For there is no respect of persons with who? Okay, now the translation says God shows no partiality towards people. God has no human preference towards people. God has no favorites in people. For God to heal one and not another would be, he would be a respecter of persons. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Yes. Yes. All right, now look at before then. This 
verse 8. Notice it tells you what happens. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon a person's soul. So you run into somebody who's all messed up out there. They're in anguish. They're, they're just falling apart all over. And everybody wants to say, well, God is just punishing them. God's doing something. No. It says here, because they would not obey righteousness and they walked in unrighteousness, the results of that was on their soul, anguish, on their soul was worry, on their soul was all these heavy things. Now remember what the Bible says, it says, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health even as our so this guy doesn't have a prosperous soul, does he? It has nothing to do with God. God's not the one telling him to disobey unrighteousness. He has to make that choice to obey or not to obey. But if he doesn't obey, there's anguish upon his soul that God had absolutely nothing to do with. But then he says, all right, well, if you go ahead and obey, look at verse 10. Glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. Well, how come you always walk? God just loves you more than me. You're always walking around in peace and joy and all. I just don't know why he does it for you and he doesn't do it for me. And then you get mad at God and then you get sick and you wonder why you're sick. It's because in that area you're stupid. <laughs> See, my people are destroyed not because of the devil. A lack of knowledge, and they've got a lack of knowledge. It's bringing stuff upon themselves at all. So once again, God's no respecter of persons. Jesus went to the cross, and when he went, the last thing he didn't say, this is only for white people. This is only for black people. For mixed people. You've got to include everybody now. Somebody get mad here. Praise God. No. No, he died for everybody. He died for the world. Praise God. Okay, go to Acts chapter 10. Okay, Acts 10.34, this is Peter, basically he went and he preached the gospel to a bunch of people who were not Jews, and the problem was they accepted the gospel and got born again and spirit filled, which threw him for a loop, because he believed that God only died for the Jews. I notice this, these are, these are apostles, do you know that, Jesus? So notice, he, he was upset, he went and he said, I preached, what do you want me to do? He was on the carpet because he preached to Gentiles and they got saved. So the Jews were mad because they thought it was only for the Jews, sounds like the church today, doesn't it? No, so he preaches, so he's explaining himself. He said, here's the problem, he said, Acts 10.34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive now that God is no respecter of persons. He said, he died for everybody. He died for the Gentiles. Peter's talking about salvation. He says, hey, I didn't know it either until they got born again and filled with the Spirit. Now, what can I say, that they're not born again and filled with the Spirit because they're Gentiles? No, it's for everybody. Now, if somebody comes up to you and you're on the street and they say, well, I don't know about God. I don't really know if God wants to save me. You would say, oh, yes, he died for you. You know he duffered and died for you. You know he wants to save you. He wants you to get born again. But he comes up to the church and somebody says, well, I don't know if God wants to heal me. And we say, well, you know, sometimes he does, sometimes he don't. You never know what God's going to do. If he's in a good mood, he's going to heal you. If he's in a bad mood, he's not going to heal you. Is it Monday? He doesn't work on Sundays because he obeys the commandments. And do you see what I mean? We changed it, but they're both provided for on the same day at the same time. So if everybody wants, God wants everybody to be saved, then God wants everybody to be healed, but we taught salvation and have not taught healing. Therefore, we've separated the two to a place basically where we don't know if God really wants to do it or not. But notice he, 
and he did it for all. He did it for everybody at the same time. So we cannot separate the two. God wants everybody healed. Jesus paid for everybody's healed. But how, how many know that's going to take some faith for somebody to get born again? By grace through faith, not of ourselves, it was a? All right, healing is by grace through faith, not of our? What a gift of God. Have you ever had this thought? I wonder what I need to do to get God to heal me. I've declared it. I'm blue in the face. I've done everything I could. So what are you trying to do? You're actually trying to earn something that was already provided for you on the cross. And you can't earn anything from God. You can't get anything from God. You receive what was already provided for you from God. So you receive that just like you receive salvation. So you've got, you got to watch these thoughts because they're going to come. What did I do wrong? What am I doing wrong? What happened? What didn't happen? What did happen? When all these things come, you're wasting valuable time. But you just want to hit and say, hey, praise God, I'm walking with the Lord. I know what's going on. Praise God, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And that's just where I'm at. Praise God. And symptoms got to go in Jesus' name. He's no respecter of persons. And he said I was healed. Therefore, I'm healed. Praise God. And I'm going to stand right there. Hallelujah. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith he has set you free and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. See? So whose job is that now? Is that God's? No, it's our job again, isn't it? So we, and who fights a good fight of faith? God? No, we do, don't we? Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to John chapter 5. Once again, this is something as you study healing, as you spend time with the Spirit of God and stuff, you grow into this stuff. I mean, you know that you grow into different revelations that you get. You just don't get all the revelations when you get born again. As a matter of fact, your soul's so messed up when you get saved, it takes a long time to renew your mind. That's why you need to be under the Word of God with someone who's anointed to teach the Word of God. All right, John chapter 5. Sleeping pretty good, I'll say that, praise God. All right, John chapter 5, look at verse 30. Notice it's in red. It says, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So here's Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I don't seek my own will, I seek the will of the Father who sent me. In other words, he's saying everything that I do is in line with the will of the Father. So basically, if that's true, then people say, well, I just don't know what God's like. Well, God is just like Jesus. Whatever Jesus did, God would have done, since Jesus and God are the same, he would have done here on the earth. So Jesus said, everything I do, is, nothing's outside of it, is in will, basically with the Father. All right, go to John chapter 6. Look at verse 38. Jesus said, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that what? Sent me. So here's Jesus again. He's explaining to him everything I do, basically, is the same that the Father would do. So you can't say that uh, God moves in mysterious ways. You can't say that you never know what God's going to do. 
Because God is going to do exactly what Jesus did because Jesus always did his will. So if I'm studying the life of Jesus, I'm going to find out whatever Jesus did is God's will. Now I can understand God's will for my life and everybody else's life. But Jesus didn't come to do his own will. He came to do the Father's will. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, look at verse 29. Jesus said, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that do what? Please him. How would you like to have that testimony? Man, that's good, ain't it? Notice, everything that pleases him. So we know that Jesus did Father's will, and we always know that Jesus walked by faith, because without it, faith, it is impossible to please God, but here he says, I always please God. How did he please God? I did the will of the Father. How did he do it? I spoke the words of the Father. I didn't do anything the Father wouldn't do. I was just like the Father was. Now, hallelujah. All right, well, let's go there. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to show you a quick life-changing mindset. Jesus came, he said, I always do the will of the Father. Jesus came, I always please the Father, because I walk by faith. I'm here to do the Father's will. All right, Colossians chapter 1, are you there? Look, look at verse 16. Talking about Jesus, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, and all things were created. All things were created. All things were created. Were you created by him? Then you were created for him. See, when I was being raised in religion, I was taught almost that he was created for me. Because when I had a problem, he was supposed to do this, and he was supposed to do that. I never knew that I was created for him, that I had something to do, that he had a will for my life to do along with his life to get something done. Nobody ever told me that I was valuable to God. Nobody ever told me that, that I had to be in God's will, and God had a will for me to put me here to begin with. I just thought God was supposed to do everything, and I was just supposed to go along and do whatever I wanted to do. And when I got in trouble, oh, God, oh, God, rub the lamp. Oh, God, genie, come on, come out and do something. Because I never knew that I was created for him. For him, I'm put here for him. So if I'm here for him, it causes me to seek his will because I got to do his will if I was created for him. Now, if he was created for me, then he's responsible for me down here to do everything because I'm in charge. But it switch it around. It's a mindset. And notice what Paul prayed. Just go back to verse 9. Same chapter. Paul says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I saw that in the Bible. And how many know sometimes when your mind's not lined up right, you read it and it's not the way it's in the Bible? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Okay, so I read that. I underlined that one of my first prayers. It went like this. For this cause we also, since that day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to be and desire that you be filled with the knowledge of my will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, I said, God, get an idea of what I want down here and start doing it. But it has nothing to do really with my will. It has to do with lining your will up with his will. Now, if I'm going after everything myself, how many know that takes me out of line? So basically, I got a soul again. It's not really prospering. It's worldly. That's what worldly is. Get, every, get God to get you a big house, big car, all this stuff. Do, do, help me, God, help me. And God all the time saying, I've got this job for you to do. That's why I created and put you here. So I was created for him and by him. 
When you get that revelation, you'll change a lot of things in your life, the way that you do things and the way they go in your life. All right, go to John 14. Sometimes there's simple questions that you just need to ask yourself. What the heck am I doing here? That's one. What am I doing here? Here, sounds like some kind of TV show, don't it? You're dropped into this earth realm, and you've got so many years, and everybody's looking at the TV show, and you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing or how you're supposed to be doing it. You've got so many years to do it, and people dying over here, and people getting shot over here, and everybody in TV's looking at you. And, but it's not a TV show. It's a period of time for us to do his will here on the earth. So even if God would answer all your will, and you get the big house, big car, and everything else, you'd still have an emptiness in here. You'd still probably be in drugs and alcohol while you're doing it, and you wouldn't be happy because it's his will that makes you happy not your will and, and if I'm going to be happy then and full of joy how many know the joy of the Lord is my and if I'm strong then I don't have that much trouble with sickness disease because I'm strong and I'm not see all these things matter in our lives the way that we think the way that we do things all these things line up to walk in divine health so we saw Jesus basically he, he healed the leper he healed the other guy he said that's that's the the will of the father look at John chapter 14 verse 8 Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet thou don't know me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou, show us the Father? In other words, Jesus was a little upset here, wasn't he? He kept saying, show us the Father, show us the Father. He kept saying, dear Lord. Everything I'm doing is just like what the Father would do. You're seeing the Father. This is what the Father does. He heals the sick. He casts out devils. He preaches the gospel. Please show us the Father. This is what the Father does. So Philip comes to him and, of course, asks a dumb question. How I many know this was a dumb question, poor Philip? And basically he said, and Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So anything you see Jesus doing, you can say that's the will of God for my life because Jesus showed me that's the will there. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. It's wonderful that he came and suffered and died on the cross for us and did all those things. But I'll tell you what, if he'd have left right after that and, and, and came right before that, we wouldn't know anything about God. we just have to guess what God's like. What, does he want to heal? Well, I think he does. He's probably a good God. They say all the time, every time I preach that, so he must be good. No, Jesus was the one who showed us. And then we've got this book, which is actually the thoughts of God himself written down on paper so that we can see them. People say, well, the, the Bible's God talking to you. Right, it is. It's God talking to you. It was thought. It was written down by the Spirit of God through people. And this is exactly what God thought about situations and circumstances. So they ask questions like, well, should I forgive seven people? And how many know it was written down the answer? No, seven times 70. See, they didn't know either. So they asked good questions, didn't they? That was an important question for us in this day and age. And he says seven times 70. Well, if Jesus said, well, I just don't believe God believes that way. Jesus was special. No, God and Jesus are the same. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. So you can't explain it off that way. Now look at Hebrews chapter 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. When did he speak by the prophets? In times, say in times past. Verse 2, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom has appointed heir of 
all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Well, who was Jesus? Well, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty. So he says Jesus is the express image of God. The expressed image of God. So as I study Jesus, that's exactly the way God was. When God, when Jesus healed, that's God's desire. When Jesus saved, that's God's desire. Whatever Jesus did, it's desired. He was the express image of God himself. Now when I study the life of Jesus, I can see God's will in every situation. Yet we can teach things like, you know, oh, my uncle, he was a doing the pool out there or in the pool and lightning struck him. God struck him with lightning just to teach him a good thing. And he fell in the water and he died. He drowned in the water and he came out and he went to the funeral. But two people got saved. So thank God God killed him with lightning in order for him. See, it doesn't even make sense. Did Jesus ever do anything like that for God? See him go around striking people with lightning so somebody would, would get in the gospel? No. This is stuff that comes out of our own imaginations out of people that don't study the Bible past the top. If you want the goal of the Bible, you've got to dig in a little bit. And get underneath to understand what it's saying. God's not going to strike people with lightning in this day and age. He died for everybody, and he loves everybody. All right, go to 1 John chapter 3. God wants you living in divine health. It's not even a question of whether he does or whether he doesn't. 1 John. All right, so we're studying Jesus. We're studying him. By him we know the Father. We know God's will. We know what's going on. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we got some Christians saying, oh, don't talk about the devil, because if he hears you, he's going to come after you. Well, you were created to destroy the works of the devil. That's why you were put here if you're in the kingdom of God and born again. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Was that the will of the Father? Yes. So was the will of the Father to destroy the works of the devil? Yes. Is sickness a work of the devil? Yes. yes, it is. So we put here to destroy the works of the devil. The devil, God doesn't use the devil to teach people. He doesn't put sickness on people to help them grow up. I've heard people say, I was sick as a dog and had cancer for five years, but then God healed me. Now I'm better equipped to tell everybody about divine health. And God put that on me so I'd be equipped. No, you ended up in that mess, and maybe you're in a better situation now because you got out of that mess, but that's not why God put it on you. You ended up in that situation. Come on. Praise God. You might have a little more knowledge about it. I got more knowledge about alcohol than I do drugs because I did it for 30 years. But that doesn't mean God said, oh, let's just let him be a drunk for 30 years. Doom, 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 doom. Now, zap. Now he's ready to go. No, 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 no. Your past doesn't have anything to do with it. The past you were in, you were in trouble because you were in trouble. And since then, you've come out of them. Praise God. Maybe you got more compassion for somebody. But you don't have to. Listen, if you had to go through a bunch of things to be a good minister, then Jesus was the worst minister you've ever seen because he never got sick. He never got drunk. He never did drugs. So he would have been a terrible person to put in that situation because you know, none of that stuff happened. All right, go to Acts chapter 10. I see religious cows just dying everywhere tonight. You could have a steak fry after this. This is stuff that's still being taught 
on TV, everywhere. But when the time comes and you need the truth, you need the truth. How many of you know that? It's not part of the truth that sets you free. It's not some of the truth that sets you free. It is the truth, praise God, that sets you free. All right, Acts chapter 10, look at verse 38. Been there before. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good. Well, what good did he go about doing? healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because God was what? With him. So here God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Why did he do that? What's the anointing for? The anointing is the power of God to do good. What will that good do? It will heal all. Say all. all. It will destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was the will of God in action. So Jesus went around healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, if Jesus only, if people believe that he healed some and not others, then Jesus shouldn't have healed all. He should have healed some and should have not healed others if he was in the Father's will, and that's what the Father wanted. Is that correct? I mean, he went against the Father. Now, and then you're taught by people that God wants to heal some and not others, so you, you get on fire for God, and you want to lay your hands on, heal people. But every time you go up to lay hands on them, you don't know if that's one that God wants you to heal or one God don't want you to heal. So now I've got to pray in the Holy Ghost for 15 minutes. While I'm doing it, the guy dies. See, because you don't know, is that one for God to heal? Isn't that one for God to heal? Does God want to heal? But when you know God wants to heal, how many? All that wipes, you don't have to go through that mind game war going on in your head. You know that God wants everyone, every single one healed. Jesus healed all. Why? Because it was God's will to heal all. All right, Matthew chapter 4. All right, Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So this must tell me that Jesus, in the gospel of the kingdom, there is healing. Because when he preached the gospel, he healed people. Faith comes by and the word of God. So if he was preaching about peace and joy... Chances were healing wouldn't have manifested. Are you following me? So the, the gospel of the kingdom must have with it healing. So here it says, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those that were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. So here we see once again the will of God. But notice the will of God is extended here a little bit. First of all, he taught and he preached all, and then he healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Sickness and disease are not God's will. They are works of the devil. It's demonic oppression. No matter what sickness or what disease, and it covers quite a bit of them here. How many of you know that? It's got lunatics. It's got palsy. It's got all these different things. Tries to cover every spectrum, basically. All manner, and he healed each and every one of them. Now, why all at once was Jesus teaching and preaching and then healing? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? It's well of the Father, but why, why, did, why does he do that? Because faith comes by and how many you know if that person, now notice, did Jesus heal all? Yes. He didn't. 
because there's one time in his own hometown he could only there he could only do a little bit of works why is that because of unbelief look at that go to Matthew where is it 13 I think yeah he wanted to but he couldn't yeah it's Matthew 13 I believe Matthew 13, look at verse 54. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? And they were offended. You better circle that. Circle that a couple times. They were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not with honor except save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of unbelief. Now, if you were there that day and Jesus went around and healed a couple sniffly people and didn't heal anybody else, you'd think, what kind, of, what kind of minister is that? Oh, I heard big things from him. He ain't doing nothing here. But notice, even unbelief will stop the power of God. So will it stop you from receiving your healing? Will it allow you to get sick if you're going to walk around in doubt and unbelief and talk at all time? Yes, it will. It will. So here the problem was unbelief. That is why when you pray for people, if you give them the word and you pray for them and it doesn't work, the first thing the devil's going to come and tell you that you do not have an anointing, you cannot heal the sick. Jesus is the only one who healed the sick. You're not Jesus, so you can't do it. He's God, and you're just a wimp, and it's never going to work out for you. Your job is just to do it. You don't know it to other persons. It's like, it's like people ask, is so-and-so saved? I don't know. They prayed the prayer, but I don't know if they meant the prayer. I don't know if they knew anything about her. I can't tell if they're saved or not, and I can't tell why people get healed or not sometimes. Now, sometimes, basically, when you're praying for people, you may get a word of knowledge, and you may say, you know, is there somebody out there you might be mad at? And, of course, they'll always say no <laughs> every time. So then you've got to dig a little deeper. You know, God might give you a word. What about your sister? Oh, I hate her, but I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her. I hate her guts, and I'm never speaking to her again, but we're walk, we're in love yet together. Because <laughs> nobody wants to admit it. You see what I mean? But you don't understand. That's what's keeping you from receiving the healing. So you can't say, oh, I prayed for somebody, and it didn't work, and I just don't know if I can do it again. You can't let those thoughts come in here because the devil will beat you silly with those thoughts, and you'll never pray for anybody as long as you live again. It's not that way. Your job is to do it. But notice here, he taught and he preached first. He got faith in those people. Sometimes you're going to have to tell, especially Christians, that it's even in the Bible. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean you've opened your Bible. Kingdom people open and live by the Bible. Christians are born again and gone to heaven, period, most of the time. They, don't, they wouldn't find it. Did Jesus heal in the Bible? I think he did. I don't know. You've got to tell some people that the red is Jesus talking. There's red stuff all over my Bible. Do you know what that's for? How long have you been a Christian? How long have you been a Christian? 40 years. Yeah, it's Jesus' words. For God's sakes, that's why they put them in red. See, so you can't do that. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yeah, but what does that mean? You know, I want to find out what people know and what they believe before I'm going to. I'm going to use my. The Bible says, "Don't throw your pearls before." So I want to make sure they're in a place to receive, that they understand, that they know what's going on. The, the, the key is we want to get them healed. You see, 
We want to get healing over to them. It's already provided for. We want to get salvation over to them. But it takes the word that brings faith into their little hearts to get them receive it. And they'll believe it if they see it in God's word. They won't get it if you just say it. Because they don't trust you to begin with anyway. See? Well, God suffered and died for you on the cross. He did not. Yes, he did. Show me it in the Bible. Well, it's in there someplace. No, you get to know where it's in there. And you've got to open it up and say, right here it is. It says that he provided for your sickness here. Many times I'll have them read the scripture. Because they can't zone out if they're reading. Come on now. I'm talking truth again. Yeah, they can't zone out. If they read it themselves, they've got to concentrate and look at the words and actually read what's in there. But if you read it, they're going, eh, da, da, I've heard this before, been prayed for by the best. Benny Hinn prayed for me. Uncle Joel prayed for me. I'm not going to get anything. See, you've got to get their mind on that thing and have them read it, praise God. And then what happens? Hallelujah. Glory to God. They get healed. Say they get healed. Amen. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9. All right, Matthew 9, look at verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the... You're going to find that a lot of places. Gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So once again, here's Jesus doing God's will. First of all, he taught, then he preached, then he healed those who received the word about health. He healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Notice what it says again. Jesus went about cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So Jesus basically had two kinds of healing that he did. He healed every sickness and all manner of sicknesses. That's what he healed. Every sickness and all manner of sicknesses. How many know that includes everyone that there is? Yes. People say, well, I believe God heals some, doesn't heal others. I believe God's teaching me. And once again, you're going to have to break them out of that mindset before you pray for them, basically. And once again, logically, if I was sick and I believe God put that sickness on me to prepare me for ministry... The last thing I would do because my heart's for God is try to get somebody to deliver me from something that's helping me to become a better minister that God put on me. Is that the truth? Uh, I don't even want to go to the doctor. Why? I just want to get sicker because the sicker I get when I minister, you better look out, brother, praise God, because no, no, it doesn't even make sense, does it? God's putting this on me to make me a better person, and then I go try to get it off w with a doctor. W why would you do that? If you really believed it was God, blame beat me, man. It's good for me. All right, go to Matthew chapter 8. It's funny, but it's out there all over the place. All right, Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 16. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were what? Sick. sick. So here we see Jesus healing again. He cast out the spirits. He healed all that were sick. This once again was the will of God in action. He healed all, but notice how he did it. He cast out the spirits with his word. He cast out the spirits with his word. Now we see authority involved, don't we? 
your authority to be healed, your authority to get up, take up your bed and walk once he releases that authority because it's the authoritative word out of your mouth that releases the anointing that's on the inside of you. This is a whole other teaching all the way around, but that's the way it is. The Bible says, uh, if you speak as the oracles of God, you will minister with the power of God. Amen. So if I'm speaking in line with the oracles of God, it releases the power of God that's on the inside of me to set people free. You can't lay your hand on somebody and say, be sick. I mean, it's not going to release anything or try to get healed or God do your best or any of those things. No, it's that word that goes forth. So it's a word that he said. Apparently, he spoke a word here that, that hit them. And notice, all these people, according to this thing, had devil problems. They were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and did what? It don't even say deliver there. It says heal them all. So these sicknesses are once again caused by the devil by demonic spirits that try to get into our life and try to hassle us, basically. All right, go to Matthew chapter 12. I dug these all out of Matthew just for your sake tonight. You're welcome. Read Matthew. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them. How many? Oh. Now, here it says great multitudes. Say great multitudes. Great. Okay, now some, sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, you know, I've been sinning lately or doing this lately, and so God probably won't heal me. How do you know there was probably one person in this multitude that had sinned before they got healed? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole multitude of people. These weren't all saints. Here, these are people who are probably walking and living in sin. But the power of God still got to them. The love of God overshadowed that there. Now, these people, once again, we can't compare them to us because we're kingdom people and we're born again, and they were not born again. So you know they had sin in their life. But there was healing there that took place anyway. So if somebody's not born again, you know, you can either get them healed then born again or get them born again then healed. But do it both at the same time. Don't get them born again and get them time to get all the doubt and unbelief they can get before you go back the second time and try to do it, basically. So here it says a multitude. Say a multitude. How many know that's a lot? And how many were healed? All of them. Go to Luke chapter 4. All right, look at verse 40. Now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he did what? Amen. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. So here, once again, here's a little bit different. He comes to all these people, and here it says he lays hands on them. Say, lay hands on them. All right, so here we find Jesus doing the will of the Father. What did he do? He went to all these people with diverse diseases, and he healed every one of them, and he laid hands on every one of them. Was laying hands on them the will of the Father? Yes. yes. Now, we're supposed to study from Jesus what to do. So is laying hands on people for us from the Father? Yes. As a matter of fact, in Mark 16, it says, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So when we're doing things, we're just doing things in the will of God. Do you understand? We're not just doing it to experiment or find out. That's what God would do if God was here. We're just taking God's place and watch. We're doing it in Jesus' name. Yes. 
You see, Jesus' name isn't you rub the lamp and everything you put in Jesus' name happens. No, you're doing things. It's like it's it's once again it's legal. In other words, I'm going to sign for you as your proxy in your name. I'm going to sign for you. I just did it because you gave me the authority to do it. Jesus gave us the authority to do it. So basically, we're doing it in proxy for him. We're healing the sick now in place of him because he's not here anymore. But we're still doing the will of God the way God wants things done. Here it says basically he healed every single one again, every sickness and every disease. All right, let's just jump to James chapter 5. Highlight this, write it down. This is one that I use quite a bit. James. All right, James chapter 5. Are you there? Look at verse 14. It's a question. Is there any sick among you? It's amazing to me that this question would be asked in a church. In our church, it would be, how many of you in here are sick among you? But he's saying, is there any sick among you? So he's asking a question. He didn't expect it. Well, if they are, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Okay, so how many of you are in a church? I ordain you all elders tonight. Every one of you is an elder in here tonight. So if somebody comes up to you and basically are sick, I take them to this scripture. I say, I'm a pastor. I'm an elder in my church. Read it. Now say, and if there's any sick among you, then call for the elders of the church, and then pray over him, and I hand oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up if he's committed any sins. And I say, okay then, I've got oil here, I'm going to anoint you. What happens when I anoint you? Uh, I'm going to get wet? No, that's not it. Read it again. Is there any sick among you, then call for the elders of the church. It don't matter how many times they read it, they got to read it till they give me the right answer. What happens when I anoint you with oil? Well, it says here, I'm going to be healed. Bingo! Dee, 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 dee. Yeah, now they got it, don't they? I said, do you believe that? Yeah, I, I believe that. It said, I said, is that in the Bible? Yeah, it's right there. I read it to you four times. You know, it's in the Bible too. It's already in there. Yeah, that's it. And that's God speaking. You know that? Is that God? Yeah, that's God speaking. He didn't read, but it's still God speaking. And I'm going to anoint you with oil. What's going to happen? I'm going to be healed. How many know they're ready? Yes. It's better than saying, well, you anoint me if you want. Well, you don't do any good anyway. <laughs> but we got scripture. Do you understand? We've got, a, we've got a weapon here, praise God, to help convince people that God is good and he wants to heal people. So when they give me the right answer, I lay a hand on them. I pray for them. I pray the prayer of faith. Say faith. faith. Say not hope. Not, hope. not, wish. not wish. Oh, Lord, I wish you'd heal this guy. No, 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 no. Thank you for healing him 2,000 years ago, and he receives his healing right now, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, you've got to bring the faith into it. You can't be in hope. Hope doesn't heal anything. Hope doesn't get nothing or receive anything. It's faith that does that. And now faith is. When? Now. Right now, praise God. That's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Luke chapter 9. We see Jesus. Malachi, it says, I change not. I am the Lord. Hebrews 13 says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. James says there's no shadow of turning. So we can believe that whatever Jesus did down here was God's will in every situation and every circumstance.
All right, Luke chapter 9. Look at verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Are you getting it? And to heal the sick. So here, here's Jesus. Jesus says, well, I'm going to be going pretty soon. I'm going to give you guys a little practice here. I want each and every one of you to do the same thing that I was doing, the same will. I want you to go and I want you to preach and teach the kingdom of God. And then I want you to use your authority that I'm giving to you to use and heal the sick and raise the dead. So what's he doing? He's just extending now the will of God that came through him, basically, and is coming to us. That's why he's told the disciples, don't go anywhere until you be endued with power from on high. Because without the power, you can just preach the gospel with nothing to manifest or back it up. But the Holy Ghost is the one who solidifies and manifests the gospel. That's why he said, don't go preach yet for God's sakes. Wait until you get the Holy Ghost to back up what you're preaching or people aren't going to believe it and you can't manifest it. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, then you've got the power on the inside of you. Your gun's loaded. Come on, your gun's loaded. And when you pull the trigger, the power of God's going to set people free. So if it wasn't God's will to heal everybody, then Jesus definitely wouldn't have anointed his own apostles to do the same thing that he was out of line with and disobeying the Father for. So we continue to disobey the Father all the way through the thing. No, he's given it to people. He says, go preach, heal the sick. Later on, later on, go to, go to Luke chapter 10. He expands it even further. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, And after all these things, the Lord appointed another 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would go. So now how many other? Seventy. He went from just the ones he had there to seventy that were there now. He told them to go two by two and do what? Preach the gospel of the? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. All right, go to Mark chapter 3. You know how much more exciting our lives would be if we did this on a daily basis? Mark chapter 3. All right, Mark chapter 3, look at verse 14. And Jesus ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out what? Yeah. All right, so here he comes to the 12, and first of all, he says he's going to give them power, which he did, authority on loan until they could get born again, and they were going to preach and had the power to heal sickness and disease and cast it out. But notice he adds something here very important when you put these together. Look at verse 14. He ordained 12 that they should what? They should what? That they should what? Be with him. Key. The more you be with him, the more success you get when you go preaching and healing and casting out devils. Be with him. Be with him. You've got to spend time with him. So he gives them a formula here. Just be with me, preach, heal, and cast out devils. Now, there's, there's preachers all over the world right now in churches who know their calling is to teach and their calling is to preach but they don't know their calling is to heal and their anointing is to cast out devils. Do you believe that? There is, ain't they? 
See? So they're teaching and they're preaching every Sunday and teaching and preaching and nothing ever happens and nothing ever manifests and the Holy Ghost never moves. And, but they're teaching and they're preaching and they're teaching and preaching. And a lot of times they're preaching hope because hope brings you back. Faith gives a responsibility on you and tries to drive you away. That was a good one. Yeah, it's going to happen. Just keep coming back. It's going to happen. God's going to do it. Just keep coming back. But when you put responsibility, he said he's already provided for it. Now you're walking into that thing. Well, I didn't know I had to do something. You I mean I got to believe something? This is terrible. This Christianity stinks. Yeah. Yeah, there's a response. You mean I got to forgive? Who wrote that? Where's that in the Bible? I don't want any responsibility. I just want to say hope will keep you coming. Oh, yeah, we're hoping. I, I want to. Yeah, you know what they did to me. That's a good one. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah. So hallelujah. Basically here you can see it once again. Glory to God. Sending people out. He's doing it. But you're, the key thing is you need to be with him. You need to spend time with him on a daily basis. You need to grow. You need to let the spirit of God teach you things basically. All right. We've got time for one more quick one. Go to Matthew chapter 10. You all know Mark 16 so we don't have to go there. There's a calling on each and every one of our lives. I don't care how long you've been born again, how not long you've been born again, when, when you have an opportunity to, you know, do what the will of the Father is, which is pray, pray for the sick or heal the sick or however you want to call it to do it. Do it, praise God. But expect results. Because when you know that God's with you and for you, it's a lot easier. If you think you're trying to convince God to do something, it's not so easy. If you think God put it on them, then you're really in trouble because you're fighting God. So you don't want to think that either. So there's three ways people think. God put it on them, and then I'm scared to do anything, you know, or God's for it, or I'm trying to convince God or manipulate God to do something. You've got to understand God already provided everything in Jesus that we need. It's not up to him to provide it again. It's already there. We just got to get a hold of it up like salvation was floating around my head for 30 years, and I never reached up and grabbed it. Finally, I reached up, and I got born again, praise God. It's the same way with healing and health. It's already there. Peace is already there. Joy is already there. Freedom, already there. Redemption, already there. But when we get into a spot where we're not in those places, we are expecting God to do something for us that he already did. See, the Bible says that Jesus died once for sins. He's not coming back down for sins and sickness again. He already died one time. Don't make him die on the cross every other week just because you run into another problem because I'm sure he's not going to want to do that. I just know him and he's not going to do that again. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Look at verse 7. He gives them instructions. And as you go, preach. Whatever you want to preach, go ahead and preach it. Just enjoy yourself. Preach about all these things. No. Preach. The kingdom of heaven is coming next year. Coming when the splits open the sky and they come out of the east. And no. As you go preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely, freely you have received. Now, freely give. Everything we got was free. How many of you know that? No, it doesn't have anything to do with you. You were, you were saved freely. You're in the kingdom of God freely. Heaven is yours freely. The power of God is yours freely. All these things are yours. We're called to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely we have received. Freely they will give. Praise God. So now the church needs to o obey these. And I'll tell you, here's, here's, another, here's another principle. If you never pray for anybody who's sick and never give healing out, it's hard for you to receive healing. Because the Bible thing is, 
as you give, then you, as you sow, you, so if you never sow, it's harder to, if you never give, it never, are you following me? So actually, you're not only benefiting the person when you pray for them, you're benefiting you on a kingdom principle that even if you pray for everybody and nobody gets healed, at least you prayed for them and extended healing and now healing comes back to you. Do you see that? There's so many, you know, the Bible talks about uh, the keys of the kingdom. There are so many keys, ting, 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 to the keys of the kingdom. That, uh, and that's what we do. We study the word of God to find the different keys. Forgiveness is a key. Healing the sick is a key. Walking in power is a key. All these keys are in here. Jesus did them. So we want to do exactly what Jesus did because Jesus did the will of the Father. But you have to understand that sickness and disease, all of it is of the devil. And God wants everyone free from the devil. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross to begin with. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I just thank you for once again changing our souls, getting them to prosper into a place where we walk in divine health. We're sent out into the world to bring Jesus into the hearts of everybody here. Father, I thank you for your Holy Ghost who gives us uh, gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom, and miracles, and healings, and all these things that we can use. And we thank you that they're alive and active on the inside of each and every one of us here. We give you the praise and glory for what you're doing in our lives and the opportunity to do it in other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen and amen.